0: Are we ready for this? Are we ready to do this? Episode 31. The Rojo Show. I know it's late. It's a late start. What do you want me to say? My morning was in a state of flux. A lot of stuff going on. or a lot of stuff I thought was going to be going on. Then didn't go on. and Then got moved to later, which is fine. You know, that's how life is. You roll with the punches. You move with the water. Um, got some topics as usual. Got some topics. I don't know how long this podcast will be necessarily because I got some things I need to do and then, but I, I got some topics on here that I really want to take the time to unbox, unfold, unpackage, and really give a, I guess the word would be comprehensive, a comprehensive breakdown on. Um, so just a, a roadmap real quick. I got, I want to touch on the Panthers and Seahawks game. Um, I want to talk about the Oscars, which is a, 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 show in itself. Am I right? Um, I'm going to quickly talk about the democratic debate. I'm going to talk about this shit that's going on in Detroit. Eight mile, not eight Mile. It's Just what I automatically assume when I, or associate with Detroit. It has nothing to do with eight mile. I believe I, I don't think. But, yeah, um, and then within those topics, there are a lot of smaller topics and tangents that I'll probably go on to in um in classic Rojo show style. All my Rojo homies out there are um are familiar, so let's just jump into it um this Oscar thing. The whole boycott of with Spike Lee boycotting and, and um, Will Smith's wife boycotting. I know she has a name. I know her name is Jada Pinkett. But as far as this goes, she's really just boycotting as Will Smith's wife. Like she's not boycotting necessarily as as Janet Hubert uh, referred to herself as a blacktress. <laughs> a blacktress? Let's start with that. Listen, as soon as I heard that Janet Hu... Is her name Janet or Janice? Hold on. Is it Janet or Janice? Janice. Janet. It's Janet Hubert. As soon as I heard that she has something to say about it, I knew that it was just gonna be Just soaked in salt I knew it was just gonna be Drenched in The juices Of her and Will Smith's um, Unsavory ending To her being on The Fresh Prince If you don't know Janet Hubert is the original Aunt Viv The best Aunt Viv Okay easily one of the top five mothers in TV history right I mean Roseanne is a good was was up there you got Aunt Viv um, I mean listen the mom in home improvement was hot she wasn't hot like sexy but hot in terms of mothers that I watched on TV you know, Harriet in Family Matters wasn't really all that hot to me. I feel like the, the storyline was way more about Steve and the H- Carl in some circumstances. Eddie and Laura. And, you know, she was kind of just... She was really just to make sure that we didn't know that Carl Winslow was gay. He's gay in real life, and we all know it now. But... um She wasn't all that to me Um, Who else Who else is a good mom on TV You know uh, Old girl from Brandy uh, From Moesha Brandy's mom was decent Um, I mean I didn't watch Good Times Good Times is kind of out of my wheelhouse But Aunt Viv definitely one of the top five TV moms I would say of all time Cause she was she was rich, but she never got lost on that shit like uh, like Uncle Phil. He seemed to have gotten in Bel-, in Bel Air and like you know lost his way. But Aunt Viv was you know down for the people. And that episode where she dances, you, she used to be in the Alvin Ailey Dance Company, so she obviously has skills. But that episode where she goes to that dance class and snaps—that's like classic, classic mom. Um. But, like I said, as soon as I heard that she was going to speak out against Jada Pinkett and the, the protesting of the Oscars, I knew that people were going to take her, um, were going to take whatever her side of the story was, as being primarily um, still upset with Will and how that works out. But, I mean, as far as, I mean, she got separated from the show because apparently, you know, Will Smith was young and getting money. Him and Jazzy Jeff was running around the set, uh, you know. Basically, it was just all a party the whole time. He had chicks around and he was banging. um, Which, E... Promptly brought to my attention as one of the shows that I totally missed in terms of uh, me and Gus's episode With uh hot chicks on tv because will smith had some bangers on there, okay? And he had them before we knew that they was gonna be big, okay? Like he he introduced the world to uh, nia long to tyra banks to garcelle bouvet um miss bozak from uh from the martin show and she's also on one of those real housewife shows like will smith was not letting ugly chicks on the show (laughs) they definitely had to be vetted and approved by the fresh prince feel me but apparently like it was always a party him and jeff was running around doing their thing and when she came up to like challenge him and possibly in some way be a real life mother figure to him, got that ass up out of there. Uh, and I, I think that she claimed that there was also a point where she tried to get Will to stand in solidarity with the rest of the cast in terms of um, like higher payment once the show started to take off or something like that. And I guess he was kind of still at that point looking out for self. And I think I read somewhere that he's like tried to apologize and tried to make amends and um, accept some level of responsibility for what happened and being young and kind of, you know, owning that. But listen, as soon as I heard that she was out against it, I knew that there was going to be some bullshit involved. Um, I didn't listen to her whole speech, just like I didn't listen to Jada's whole speech But um, It was on It was on Instagram or Facebook It was on Instagram I think But then a lot of people A lot of other people spoke out about her um, the, uh, The protest as well Like Whoopi Goldberg thinks that it's highly disrespectful to Chris Rock And I believe the producer of The Oscars is a black guy as well so it would kind of be it would kind of be disrespectful or a diss to him too, but I feel like they do that to like put us on opposite sides of the of the spectrum in terms of like who we should side with or whose whose team we might or whose quote unquote team we might be on. But I really feel like this is the wrong year for all of this. Like let's just be totally honest There aren't a lot of good black movies To choose from this year Like Chirac was a good movie But I feel like it's too niche To be Considered for um, Considered for the Oscars And then there's like a whole There's a whole There's a whole process to getting A movie Recognized or getting a movie To the Academy To be considered for an oscar there has to be there has to be a whole oscar campaign for these movies right and i don't know if there was one if if concussion necessarily garnered that kind of attention i mean i haven't seen the movie from what i saw in the trailer it looks like that tell the truth it seems like that scene might be one of the best scenes in the movie I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't seen any of these movies. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Revenant. I haven't seen um I haven't seen any of these movies. And I'm not I mean, I know Will does this sometimes, but I'm not the guy to see the Oscar list and then go and make sure I I view every movie. But in research for this topic, I did look up some of the roles and actors and actresses um, nominated and who have won. And I got to tell you people, it's, we don't, we don't really create an awesome case for ourselves. Okay. For instance, let's look at some of the movies that have been, um, that have been, well, let's, let's finish talking about this year. Number one, there's no Denzel Washington movie this year. Okay. And Denzel is generally, Denzel and Forrest Whitaker are really like the only actor, the only black actors where if they release a movie, and Morgan Freeman, I'll give you Morgan Freeman. If they release a movie, it is its own Oscar campaign. It is already kind of seen as a possible Oscar worthy film. Um... But this year wasn't like it wasn't a heavy. There was no movie from either one of them. It just Elba did his thing with *Beasts of No Nations*. But uh, I mean, I really can't explain why that might not have been uh, why that wasn't necessarily um, looked at. But I mean, just looking at the so looking at the black people who have won Oscars, right? Because I posted this meme on Facebook. About the female black actresses That win That might not have been the Oscars That might have just been the Golden Globes But They It was like Viola Davis For The Help I think Is that or Whoever the fat girl in The Help was So she won For being a maid And then Monique won For being an abusive mother And then Um Hold on, let me just find this. I know this is the part of the podcast that everybody hates, but this Oscar shit is really. It's I don't. I feel like we need to do a better job of the movies we create. Like true, indeed, Oprah kind of funded and produced the movie of the uh, the Butler movie, but it's a movie about a Butler. And uh, again, I didn't see that one either. But um, and and I I don't. I guess I'll have to at some point. I, I know it was a, you know, she made the white lady eat the piece of pie with the shit in it. But, okay, here we go. So, this, it's the Oscars. So, Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar. I guess that was a supporting female, supporting actress. She won for being a phony psychic. Um, Holly Berry won. Uh, that uh, I'm sorry. Whoopi Goldberg won for Ghost being a, the the psychic um holly berry won for being the abusive mother in monsters ball whoever i can't remember her name but she won whoever won for being the maid and the help and then um we got another abusive mother with monique i did see precious and let me tell you i laughed all the way through that motherfucker (coughs) um Hattie McDaniels won for being the maid and gone in the wind. And Lupita Nyongo won for being uh, a slave and 12 years a slave. So we don't necessarily present the best roles, even when we write and produce the movie ourselves. But there aren't a lot of awesome movies. For African Americans And that's something that I feel like we can change You can't tell me That between Oprah Jay-Z and Beyonce LeBron James And then The the successful black actors The, the A-list black actors that we know of I.E. Will Smith and Denzel Washington And Um uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Idris Elba and Michael Michael B Jordan as uh, he's he's probably like a B plus actor at this point he probably needs a little bit more chops a little bit more um a little bit more heavy roles before he can definitely be on that tier. But you can't tell me that they can't come together and present a movie that present that that shows our people at our best. You can't tell me that. Now, let's just, just look at some of the... Okay, so people who have won. Best Actor in a Leading Role. Sidney Poitier won in 1963 for Liliana Fields. Liliana Fields, sorry. Um, Denzel Washington won um, for Training Day, obviously. Jamie Foxx won for Ray. Forrest Whitaker won for Last King of Scotland. Um, and then let's just break down those roles. So I believe... I believe Sidney Poitier was a teacher in Lillietta Fields. Is that the movie with the nuns? I think that's the movie where he was, he was the black teacher with the nuns. I can't remember. Um, Denzel Washington obviously was the dirty cop in Training Day. Ray Charles, Jamie Foxx played Ray Charles, which obviously Ray is a, um, a musical prodigy. But he was also uh, oh, he also abused his wife and was a heroin addict. So there's that, and the movie definitely dove deep into his um, his drug addiction and his drug use, and the eventual breaking of him by the white doctors to resurrect himself as a, a better Negro. I put my own sauce on that, of course, but whatever. Um, Forrest Whitaker won for playing for, uh, for Last King of Scotland. He, he was Idi Amin, um, a, one of the many African leaders, African dictators, who could be considered, um, um, he, he definitely dispatched a sort of genocide on his own people. Um, he also did some ill shit. Like I think he had a, he had a day called um, White Remembrance Day, where white people had to carry black people around um, on their shoulders through the city. I thought that was pretty fly. Um, but again, not a not a positive, not a positive situation, not a positive um, figure. But then let's take a look at the actors who lost, or not lost, but the the black actors who were. Um Who were nominated and didn't win Um, Morgan Freeman was nominated for Driving Miss Daisy Denzel Washington in 92 was nominated for Malcolm X, but you know they're not going to let him win for playing Malcolm X. Number one, not enough white people like Malcolm X. And number two, Spike Lee writ- wrote and directed the movie. And they, not try and give, they wasn't trying to give Spike Lee shit then. He was way too militant then. He's way too militant now. I mean, he did just get this honorary Oscar, which was presented to him by Samuel Jackson and Denzel and Wesley Snipes. But it wasn't at the show. It wasn't on national television. We had to watch clips of that on WorldStar. Will Smith was nominated for Ali. Morgan Freeman was nominated for Shawshank Redemption. Um Will Smith was nominated. uh, not not Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Will Smith was nominated for Ali, and he was nominated for the Pursuit of Happiness. He wasn't winning either one of those, right? He wasn't that good in Ali. Let's keep it all the way real. It was a it was a good movie as a whole. But his, his job in it, his, his uh, depiction of Ali, I don't know if it was the best. It could have been better. Will Smith's not that good of a serious actor. Will Smith is a comedian at heart. He's a funny guy with a serious face. I'm going to get more into Will Smith in a minute. Um, Don Cheeto Don Chito was nominated for Hotel Rwanda but that was the same year that Jamie Foxx was definitely going to win because Jamie Foxx looks like Ray he plays the guitar he plays the piano and he can sing you know so that's that is a triple threat he presents himself as a triple threat in that movie and it it falls right into play with the character uh, Morgan Freeman was nominated for his depiction, his uh, his role as Nelson Mandela in Invictus. Denzel Washington was nominated for Flight, which in which he played a um, a druggy pilot who, albeit he did save people's lives, but he ends up I don't want a spoiler alert. He ends up going to jail in the end. Um, and then Chet O Oljufor. The dude that played Twelve Years a Slave. He was nominated again, did not win. And um did I mention Loris Fishburne was nominated for playing Ike Turner and what's love got to do with it? If you're seeing a pattern here, none of these movies are 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 glaring glaringly positive. And the same is one is the same is said for women. The roles are a little better. I mean, Angela Bassett was nominated for uh, Plantina Turner. Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball. Garbry Sidibe was nominated for Precious. Viola Davis was nominated for The Help. Um, the Little Black Girl in Beasts of the Southern Wild, she was nominated. Whoopi Goldberg was nominated for Color Purple. Diane Carroll was nominated for Claudine. Very interesting. That's a really good movie. Soundtrack is even better, though. Mr. Welfare boom, boom keep away from it. the best song on that soundtrack is to be invisible though Whew. to be invisible would be my claim to fame that shit goes hard that's uh who does that soundtrack i know Curtis mayfield wrote it and it's the who did he write for it's not the it wasn't the pointer sisters it was another uh it was another group of sisters Claudine's soundtrack. Oh, is, is it Glass Night and the Pips? Did they do the whole thing? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Claudine, original soundtrack by Glass Night and the Pips. I'm pretty sure that most of these songs were written by the great, um, the late great Curtis Mayfield. But anyway, um, Cicely, Cicely Tyson was nominated for uh, Whoever she played in Sounder Dorothy Dandridge was nominated for Carmen Jones Dorothy Dandridge is so beautiful in that movie <clears throat> And Diana Ross was nominated for Lady Sings the Blues Another drug um, Another, you know, drug, druggie Did I mention um, how they snuck What's his name in there? Terrence Howard for Hustle & Flow? Now listen, if Hustle & Flow can be nominated, you can't tell me that ATL couldn't be nominated. ATL is a hell of a movie. It's a really, really good movie. I would say that T.I. is as good in in that movie as Terrence Howard is in Hustle & Flow. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I I, I can see Will kind of chewing me out for that, but I don't give a fuck. He that's a good movie. Ti played a good role in that movie. He was he. I, of course, he kind of played himself, but I think there's an aspect of Terrence Howard who played himself in Crash, as as a bitch. Let's keep it going. Um, Denzel Washington did win for Glory, but he did not win for playing Stephen Biko in, in Cry um, in Cry Freedom. Louis Gossert won for Officer and a Gentleman, which for a change of pace is a positive role, but that role was originally written for a white dude. And Luke Gossett went in there and said, look, I can play whatever. This guy doesn't have to be white. He showed the the director, he showed the producer that he as a black man could play that role just as well as anybody else. Adolph Caesar was nominated for a soldier story, but out of all the roles in that movie, you nominate the asshole. He was a great asshole. But he was an asshole, nonetheless. Cooper Jr. won, and these are these are supporting actors at this point. Cooper Jr. won for um, Rod Tidwell and Jerry Maguire. But he was a he was kind of an asshole, egotist, e- egotist in that movie as well. He definitely turned it around, but still. Uh, two thousand and four. Morgan Freeman won for Million Dollar Baby. I didn't see that movie. Uh, I want to though, cause I hear it was I, number one. I'm not really big on. Um, who directed that? What the fuck's the dude's name? The old man, Dirty Harry. Do you feel lucky? Huh punk. Um. Ah. Oh, who directed? Not Robert Zemeckis. He did Back to the Future. Who directed Million Dollar Baby? And Gran Torino and Clint Eastwood. There you go. He made another piece of shit that I hated. Um the one with Bradley Cooper where he plays the the um the the soldier. It was terrible. No, I don't even want to repeat it. Um Eddie Murphy was nominated for James Thunder Early. Jaime Hunsu was nominated for Blood Diamond. I mean, listen, none of these movies, and I I possibly should have created a list of movies that should have been nominated, but we don't do positive movies about ourselves. Even when we pay for movies, for some reason, the only epic stories we have, we have to be slaves, we have to be butlers. Like, I understand that there is a narrative in black history and black culture, and it's a narrative that we shouldn't be ashamed of, we should definitely be proud of our ability to overcome, and our ability to rise up, and our ability to um, to transcend what people may have thought of ourselves. But it's time that we take that as take that from being just, you know, just a a narrative that we use in extreme movies to being a narrative that's real in our lives. You know, everybody hopped on Stacey Dash. And don't get me wrong, this bitch is dumb, okay? There's a lot of shit that she said in that speech that I didn't agree with that I thought was fucking ridiculous. But as far as waiting for white Hollywood, and and I really don't need to say white Hollywood because Hollywood primarily is white, um, primarily and predominantly, we really have the means at this point to present our own movies, to present ourselves in the light That we can shine for ourselves You know um, I think I mentioned this before That you know Latin There's a Latin Grammys Could you imagine if there was a black Grammys There would be no Grammys The the Grammys They only have all of those categories All those extra categories To give rewards to white people Because they know if they were honest We would win all of the real shit You, there is a reason, and and Macklemore, Macklemore to some extent was a real motherfucker when he said that you know Kendrick should have won because he knows himself his album wasn't better than Kendrick's. He knows that. Come on, that's why he ain't had a piece of music since. Kendrick Lamar, although I feel like his success and his greatness is slightly overblown because we're in this age now of it being cool to be socially aware and it being cool to be, quote unquote, socially conscious. I do think that he is definitely capitalizing off of that right now, but um, there's no way that anything Macklemore has done is, can, is touching Kendrick Lamar's body of work. And I'd put that up against section 80. I'd put that up against my name is K dot. Come on. Fuck out of here, son. But that's, that's about all I agree with, with what, uh, um, Stacy dash said. And listen, Malcolm X said a long time ago, long time ago, white people will always find a Negro to communicate their racism for them. And that is what that's what she does and that's what she continues to allow herself to be used for on Fox News. They don't call her to get her her opinion on anything else unless it's time to trash some niggas. That's all. That's all they use her for. They don't have her on there to talk about the uh the state of black acting because she's not a good actor. And for her to come up there and trash BET after they picked up that piece of shit single lady show, after VH1 dropped it, that's why I'm glad BET tweeted her and said, hey, man, we... W- Hold on. Sorry, that was the plumber. Had to let the plumber in so he could do some riding. Had to ride out the dub, little baggage, all that natural hair in there. Anyway, I'm glad BET tweeted her and said, hey, we might need a refund on some of this money. Because the only person that's been trying to employ you is black people. White people don't give a shit about you since Clueless. And Alicia Silverstone, who they not really effing with no more either. Now. In terms of this whole Will Smith. Listen, black, black people. My people. My people. Will Smith is not very rarely an oscar-worthy actor, okay? People want to compare him to Leonardo DiCaprio. He is not Leonardo DiCaprio, okay? Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have a hitch. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have a um a focus. Okay? Every movie Leo does damn near every Leo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio movie is possibly oscar-worthy. That's why it's all this talk about him never of winning one yet. Wolf of Wall Street. True indeed, he played a witch white boy. But he played the hell out of him. Inception. Psychological Thriller. Departed. Thriller. Aviator. Catch Me If You Can. Romeo and Juliet. What's Eden Gilbert? Great. Uh, Blood Diamond. Great Gatsby. Like, I'm looking for a gaff here. I'm looking for a movie here that wasn't... That wasn't like on a level, if that makes any sense. And there really isn't one. I mean, the beach, not the beach. What's the one? Shutter Island. Shutter Island may be one of his one piece of shit movie. okay. but Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith has. Hitch. After Earth, I actually like Hitch, but Hitch is not Oscar worthy. Okay, Men in Black, I really like iRobot. iRobot is my shit. Um, perhaps Seven Pounds, but I didn't see Seven Pounds. Um, Enemy of the State is a good ass movie. Six Degrees of Separation is okay, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio don't have a Wild Wild West. Leonardo don't, DiCaprio don't have these these like one off. These movies that were obviously done for a check. That's what I'm probably trying to say. Will Smith doesn't have a check movie. Now, if you want to compare Will Smith to an actor, I'll tell you who you should compare him to. If you're going to compare Will Smith to an actor, you need to compare him to Tom Cruise. Um... Both of them have been accused of being Scientologists. I mean, Tom Cruise admits to being a Scientologist, but there's there's been a lot of talk of Will Smith being possibly engaged in that type of shit too. Um, they both have action um action franchises. Tom Cruise being Mission Impossible, Will Smith being Men in Black. Um, they both have married, they both have science fiction thrillers. After Earth, IRobot, Minority Report, Oblivion. Um, by the way, if you haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow is actually pretty good. Um both married actresses, Nicole Kidman, Vanilla Sky is a good one too. Tom Cruise has some good ass movies though. Few Good Men is a good ass movie. Rain Man is a good ass movie. He's got he's got some heat. Interview with the Vampire is a good ass movie. Obviously, Color of Money is a good ass movie. I've been meaning to watch Days of Thunder. I just haven't gotten around to it. Jack Reacher was a piece of shit. Um, Top Gun, come on, classic uh magnolia is a classic he's he plays a grade a douchebag in that movie too i like him in there and he he killed tropic thunder tropic thunder was just a (laughs) tropic thunder is awesome (laughs) but the obviously the star of tropic thunder is robert downey jr but come on people um will smith oscar worthy don't think so sorry to burst your bubble I don't think so um but yeah again my my biggest takeaway from the oscar is that we need to start writing more movies that put ourselves in positive lights oprah i love you you know you're the number one b in my book and by b i mean billionaire but um we, we need to, you need to put your money behind something a little bit more up to date a little bit more positive uh, for our people than the fucking butler and um and Tyler you and Tyler Perry went in, I guess, uh half and half on uh Precious, which was I mean, I know I joke around and say I laughed at Precious, and I did, but mm, y'all y'all could have put that like Jay-Z said, what we need to do is put that mouth on a better bitch. Moving on. Am I the only one that is, so I I had this theory and I had this theory a long, long time ago. I remember I went to a Christmas party with my mom and I think she was working at PageNet back then. Went to a Christmas party with her and there was this white boy there that everybody kind of fawned over because he acted like a black dude. Like he had like a low Caesar cut His car had bang in it, you know. He wore Tims and Air 1s and shit. And I long had this theory that eventually black people, black actors, um, black personalities are eventually going to be substituted by white people who play black well. So they're no longer going to... For instance, how... Eminem can be touted as the best MC of all time <clears throat> in a predominantly black sport, which is rapping. Um, black people will eventually, uh, how, I don't know if you've ever watched a breakdancing competition, the best breakdancers are Asian. Now, I don't know specifically what kind I don't know if they Japanese or Chinese or whatever these, but the best breakdancers dancers are no longer black people. They are Asians. And in some cases you got, you still got like crazy legs and Latinos. Crazy legs is a famous breakdancer. dancer. Look them up. So what I, what I implore our people to do is to go back and really start to master the things that are our art forms. Uh, I give big shouts to Robert Glasper for doing this. Robert Glasper has reclaimed the jazz scene where it, it, at, tern, at times it was definitely stolen or, or it, the, the post of jazz savants and stars definitely fell by the wayside with the likes of kenny g and that's a that's an old reference i guess kenny g really ain't been popping for a long time that's a kenny i did a shit job of humming it but that's a kenny g song that shit curly hair yeah he was a weirdo but yeah robert glasper taking that jazz shit back baby you know what i'm saying that's what we need to do. We can't let people outdo us at our own shit. Just like we can't let white people or these white studio heads or these white producers, these white directors, we can't tell them what stories we can and cannot tell. With all these outlets of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Plus, there are, are more than ever, there is an outlet, there is an outcry for people to tell stories of their culture and we need to own it. We can't let any we can't let other people tell us what parts of our history we can share and we can celebrate. We are too we're too we're too successful in our realm at this point. And we need to make it known. We need to stand up and we need to create and and position ourselves to um, to present our stories in the best way that we can. Moving on, god damn it! <clears throat> I'm gonna drop the mic on that one. Uh, we can do a little sports talk. I just want to talk about the Panthers and the Seahawks. How, how, uh, my man Cam Newton went out there and stomped on them for the first 15 minutes of the game. Within two minutes, the Panthers were up 14-0, and I think they was playing that future that um that that purple rain in there, boy. I haven't listened to it because I don't listen to Future solo projects. Um, The only reference I have is "Jump Man, Jump Man, Jump Man." That boy that does something. I listen to that Drake and Future. That's pretty. I like some of the songs on there. Go ahead, get a plastic bag. (laughs) You deserve it. You deserve it. Pretty sure my favorite song on there is that 3 a.m. is the uh, that 30 for 30. Ugh, that 30 for 30. When Drake wants to rap, he really can. He can really rap when he wants to. But when he want to do that other shit, I can't really. I can't I can't follow him. Um But yeah, I always I'm I, I, I was nervous when they got off to that quick start because I'm always reminded of the fucking Bears in 2006. I watched that game in the hospital with my dad. My whole well, my whole family was there. Um, but that was the year that Devin Hester ran back the kickoff for a touchdown right away. and that was the only time we scored in that whole game, except for I think Robbie Gold might have kicked a couple Robbie uh, uh, Robbie Gold, Gold might have kicked a couple field goals. But um, we didn't win. and Prince came out there and killed it in Miami for the halftime show. In the rain, had his hair tied up in a scarf like a true player, like a G. That was crazy. But they was killing them boys, man. Like Cam. But in the second half, they didn't do anything. They scored those 31 points. They might have kicked another field goal. And that was it. And they just let Russell Wilson attempt to mount a comeback and almost did. I mean, they, they, only, they only lost about three points, I believe. But um it was close. You got to keep you got to keep your pedal on your your foot on the gas. You can't let them think that they can that they got breath, that they can come back. Cuz if they do, they will. What else we got? Democratic debate. Now look, I'm not going to get way too too far into these politics. That's not what I'm on. But um Hillary Clinton and I'm not going to talk too much about her because I don't want it to seem like I'm beating up on her. They just—if she's going to be a bitch, they just need to let her be a bitch, because this, her trying to come across palatable and her trying to come across softer is not working. Whatever that weird, eerie smile she has on, while everybody's talking shit about her, and she's trying to look like she's trying to look like she doesn't want to bite their head off. That shit is—it it comes off way more less way less appealing than if she just stood there with like a, a, a mean face out. I think, like it's—I don't know—it it makes me feel a way about her. I look at her and I can't—I don't know. I'm hard. I'm 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 afraid. She scares me. She really does. She doesn't she doesn't make me feel comfortable with her as a leader. She doesn't she doesn't come across feminine in any way except for the politics or the views that she claims to associate herself with. It, I don't know. I feel like she's trying to come off like tough and like she she tries to come off like she can play with the big boys. But that's not what I don't, that's not what you want from a woman. Like I don't know deep down, you want a woman to be a woman. You don't want a woman who is stuck on portraying herself as, as strong as the men. I mean, you can, you can be as qualified as the men, but I feel like that's why she can't, or that's why she does that. That's why she resorts to these tactics of, you know, wearing the pants suit and, you know, I don't know. She doesn't, she doesn't present herself in my eyes as a strong woman she presents herself as a woman that wants to be as strong as the guys and you're not gonna win that that battle she had on the pantsuit and you know uh, i don't know i like bernie i like bernie sanders for more than just him uh his views on um legalizing marijuana and public health care and public education Although Bernie Sanders is old as shit, that does bother me. That does worry me in terms of him making it through um, a full term. But I feel like that's why a lot of people are go- are looking for him to have. Uh, is that Bachman? No, it's not Bachman. Who's going to be Bernie? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Emily, is it? Is the name Emily something? Vice. Presidents, I don't think he's announced it, but who do they want him to? Mm -mm. What's her name? Oh, I hate this. I think her name is Emily, something right? Not Michelle, not Michelle Bachman. It's Emily, something right? Damn Emily. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I heard somebody say that Joe Biden might join the race late with her as her, uh, with her as his running mate, too. Um, but i'm not sure anyway This martin o'malley dude who really was just up. They don't ask him any questions They don't direct anything towards him He just hops in to defend himself and occasionally help throw dirt on um help throw dirt on hillary clinton But I liked most of the stuff he was saying and I liked all the stuff that he claimed to have supported Um, I haven't paid attention to him up until now, until I haven't paid attention to any of this, which is partly my fault and which has kind of probably fucked me in terms of hearing, um, hearing impressive or revolutionary points or anything that I could definitely jump onto or talk about on the show. Because after January, everything is about presenting themselves as candidates Everything is about making themselves, um, I said, this, I use this word already, but palatable. Palatable um, refers to, I think, I'm pretty sure it refers to your mouth and the, the soft palate. It makes it easy to taste. It makes you very digestible. Everything at this point, all of these debates now, it's all about making themselves... Um, Presenting themselves as a candidate that the most wide that, that the widest range of people can vote for. So gone are the times of Bernie saying wild shit. He probably won't meet with Killer Mike again. He probably won't go on any of these um, alternative speaking engagements. Everything now is very calculated, very poignant, very direct. And very much in an effort to make them the best candidate possible. So all of the revolutionary shit is out the door at this point. Everything now is going to be very by the book and very numbers and vote oriented. So just keep that in mind while you're watching these debates. If you watch any more of them, I might I might look at a couple. But I'm pretty sure I was flipping back and forth between that and... Um, Watching Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw fight. The ugliest thing there was Matt Mitrione's eye. Ooh. Tim Brown hit him in the eye, and his eye swole up bigger than anything I'd ever seen before. Ugh, it looked like it was just like filled with like water and blood and pus. And if they cut it later, oh, it probably gushed all types of cysty looking shit. Ugh. Have you ever watched. Um, me and my sister and my cousin, we go through these phases. My cousin Lashawn, shouts out. We go through these phases where we send each other pictures or videos of like people like bussing big blackheads or like bussing bumps on their back or like uh like have you ever seen like somebody with a staph infection get it drained? Ugh. This is disgusting, but it's one of those things. It's like a car crash. Like, you want to look away, but you keep peeking out of one eye. I don't know Oh, that was from watching the fight. Yeah. Anybody see um, the Cavs get their asses whooped the other night by Golden State Warriors? They got beat by four. At one point, the Golden State Warriors were winning that game by 43 points. 43 points. Shit was crazy, son. But um the Bulls just lost to him too. The Bulls lost to him by I think like 15 points, something like that. It was a way more positive, it was a way better showing than the Cavs put up. I mean LeBron did his thing, but they still letting Steph Curry just run around on him. LeBron did at one point out of frustration, like uh, Set a pick and then like grabbed him and pushed him to the ground Which really just made lebron look like a bitch like it didn't make him look like he was retaliating I would have preferred a pick with a nice high elbow to the face Wow, that's how you send a message That's some shit that players from the 90s could be proud of but just straight pushing them I mean lebron james is 6'8 280 pounds 200 probably not 280 probably like 260 260 pounds Steph Curry is 6'3", 210 at the most, 210 at the very most, and that's because he's grown this goatee now, which I think may add a couple pounds, but otherwise, he's a little guy, so for him to run into LeBron on a pick, and LeBron is just ragdoll him to the ground, it it, it looks a lot worse, that's how you get a lot of awes for Steph Curry, oh shit, Yo Uh Yep Alright bet Um I'm finishing up Uh I'm at f- Hold on Alright bet Sorry about that Little phone call Um what was I talking about? Yeah. The last thing we need is more of Steph Curry dancing around. Oh, oh, can you get me? Oh, can't catch me. Can't catch me. Ooh, can't catch me. Got to move. Mm, mm, mm. Got it. Ooh, ooh. Fuck out of here, man. Hit this nigga in his face. Put him on a deck. We know he's fragile. He was fragile the first two years of his career. Let's keep it going. I didn't even want to talk about that. Um. Look, this Detroit water shit I'm ready to drive up there and, like, really see what the fuck is going on. When I saw. When I saw a. Somebody posted a picture of their laundry, their their washing machine filled up with water and it was all brown. Are you fucking serious right now? At what point in America have we been reduced to third world country um, amenities that we can't have clean water, they have to use bottled water. Is this is this the Congo? And please, my African brothers and sisters, don't take offense to this. If I'm calling out um, random places that may not have this water issue, I'm really just using the first Afri- the names of first African countries that come to my mind. But wherever it is in, in Africa where 50 Cent and Jay Z and Akon are supplying this fresh water, that is the state that Detroit is currently in. They can't drink tap water, they can barely wash and bathe in it. The shit is brown, my G. Brown. So not only should this presidential debate be about free uh, free education or free health care, shit. In certain con- in certain certain states, we don't have water. And twenty years ago, Detroit was the top of Detroit was a major metropolitan city. Detroit was the home of Ford, the home of the, the, the home of America's automotive industry. And now they can't drink water from the fucking sink. Are you serious? They can't bathe. They can't wash clothes in brown water. And let's not get started on the fucking school system. Schools with black molds on the wall. We're not talking about we're not talking about mold that may be in the basement in the boiler. We're not talking about walls that, you know, are um you know, the back wall in the janitorial closet. We're talking about the classrooms. And I don't know if you know how unhealthy it is to breathe in black mold spores, but every, ch- every child and every teacher in that school needs to have their health checked and needs to have their respiratory system um, uh, checked and, and investigated because no doubt there is something they are going to, they, they have more than they need for a lawsuit against the city of Detroit If any of them come up with any sicknesses related to black mold, they definitely have a case with the city of Detroit and the the state of Michigan. Like, come on. You can't tell me, and and this is, again, this is that separate but equal shit, okay, because the the low income and by low income, therefore being predominantly minority schools, they're dealing with that. I guarantee you these white schools in the same city are not in as bad a shape. I guarantee it, and if they were, they would have those issues rectified immediately. I went to a school that had an issue when I was at Kellogg. I believe I was in seventh grade. Somehow or another, they realized that we had um, we had pigeons nesting in our roof, in the roof of the school. But this was something that we had no way of knowing. They, they had no way of knowing. I think they were up there doing some roof repairs, and then they realized and found out, uh, uh, discovered that there were... I, I'm obviously trying to remember this from over 10 years, over 20... No, over 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But they had, I believe it was like two or three feet of dead pigeons at one point in, their, in, the, in the roof, in the ceiling. And they had it fixed immediately because that's what you can do with schools with money. When they have issues like this that come up, they can rectify them and, and treat them immediately. The Detroit school system, I don't know how much money they got. I don't know how paid they are, but they're not in a position to fix this as expediently as they would want to. But we have to realize, we have to context, put this into context. There, are, there is a city in the United States of America in 2016 that has black mold, insufficient plumbing. Let's not I'm I'm sure their books and their actual educational tools are shit too. Like if they've got black mold on the walls, you can't tell me that they have up-to-date computers for the kids to work on, for them to learn on and hopefully be prepared to go to high school and be able to join our workforce as as um as active participants. But beyond that, because we all know of cities and, and uh, cities and, and districts in America that have um, insufficient school systems, they don't have clean water. Clean water, which in this day and age, I'm sure a lot of us pass off as what our Constitution in some way describes as in, in, an, an inalienable right, but they don't have clean water, my g. People are donating water to Detroit. Not nowhere in Africa, not Somalia, not um not the Congo, not Sierra Leone, not Ethiopia. Detroit. We need we need some of those sad infomercials for cities in our own country. It's sad. It's fucked up. I don't even give a shit about cursing about that It's fucked up um, I'd like to close out the podcast On a very, 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 very personal note um, Today is January 21st um, January 21st is my Uncle Reggie's birthday My Uncle Reggie died uh, three years ago Four years ago? It might be four, four years ago, I believe um, he died from cancer. Um uncle was an alcoholic, but he was the <laughs> the best alcoholic I knew. Um, through his uh, disease, a lot of people consider alcoholism a disease. Um, uh, he taught me a lot about treat uh, the treatment of people. He taught me a lot about. Um, Like whenever I think about him, I think about those parables or those stories that you hear or, you know, that you learn them in church about, you know, Jesus could come back in any form, you know, Uh, Jesus could come back as a bum. So watch how you treat bums or Jesus could come back as, you know, some old man trying to get across the street. Um, I believe I, I treated my uncle Reggie with the utmost respect and love because I knew that he had God in him and I knew he had goodness in him in, in his heart. And, um, funny stories. Like my mom, my mom used to have my sister, uh, he used to babysit me and my sister sometime when they went out of town. He used to read her books. Uh, that's why my sister is such an avid reader now. Um, My Uncle Reggie was a skater And when I say a skater I mean he was one of them dudes that was uh, You know he'd come in with his own skates I remember one time we went to a skating event for uh, For my dance school I believe And he helped me set up my skate bag And you know he taught me how to you know when you skate, you sweat, right? So you gotta have a little hand towel to dab your forehead. But what you don't know is with that with that towel, you got he called them smellies. S M E L L I E S is how I would spell it, I guess. You gotta get your smellies. You know which are your that's your your uh, your cologne. You know your your body spray, whatever you use. You get your hand towel and you spray your smellies in this towel. You fold it up. You put it in a little pocket in the bag. That way, when you get to the skate rink, you pull your skates on, you get out there, you have your towel with your smellies on it. And when you're skating around, when you dab your forehead, you dab your neck, you re-upping your smellies. Feel me? You know what I'm saying? You have, you keep it fresh for Uh First time I met Uncle Reggie, he was in the basement with my dad. because my Uncle Reggie was one of my dad's uh, frat brothers. Um, they come over, drink beer, watch the game or whatever. Of course, I had the, that iconic scene that I think every son has. They come down there. They dad let them finish the little corner of the beer. Uh, Uncle Reggie pushed for that, you know. Um, but when I met him, I was upstairs, I was in the kitchen washing dishes, and I had come to a standstill because it was like food and shit in the trap. And Uncle Reggie, he just came and he showed me how to scoop the shit out the trap and throw it in the garbage and and keep it moving. And that was my introduction to him. And uh, from then, uh, he was just always my favorite. He was fun. He always talked to me like a man, like an adult. And that's something that all my friends, all my, all of my parents' friends did. They always talked to us as adults. Me and my sister. Um, even when he was like fucking up in school or when we came to him talking about girls or he talked to me like a man and, um, um, yeah, when I found out he was sick, it, uh, it fucked me up and, um, I used to go over there and we'd hang out and, uh, we'd, uh, we'd indulge in, you know, a little drink and a little smoke or whatever. We'd talk, we'd watch the game. Um, I used to go over there with my with my uh, with my March Madness bracket and he'd break that down for me Um, He was always supportive and always interested in what we was doing Me and my sister. He was always willing to come by and and um, lend himself You know, all I had to do was let him know when the skate party was and he'd, he'd end up reminding me He'd just show up. Uncle Reggie was the first person to call me on my birthday Call any of us. Call my sister. Call my mom. He was the first person to call on Thanksgiving to see what we was cooking. Um, my mom loved. He, he loved my mom's seven layer salad. Um, he he she'd make him a little pan of it, and he'd take it there, and he'd guard it with his life, you know, because he lived with his mom and a couple of his brothers because his mom was sick. Um, so he stayed there and took care of her. Um, also something I learned, you know, I I. Nobody take care of their mother. Nobody loved their mother more than he did, and um, that's how I want to take care of my mom if I'm ever, ever in that kind of situation. That's the kind of, um, the kind of inspiration and kind of man he was. And um, I'm sure there were parts in his, points in his life where you know that was a crutch, um, but I'm also sure that there was a part of him that definitely wanted to be the best he could for his mom, um, even in some of the the. The lack of perceived success that he may not have had, um, but Uncle Reggie is is why I am the confident man that I am. Um, like I said, he was an alcoholic, and people knew he was an alcoholic, and people tried to play him for it. People knew he didn't keep a job, and people tried to play him for it, and people tried to make him feel like shit. But he never did. He never let that get to him. And if I'm if I'm ever perceived as being um, arrogant. Or um, or full of myself and not having it to back up. That's because I was raised. I was raised by James Latham and Reg C. I was raised by arrogant Efi, and um, ain't shit you can tell me. Ain't shit you could tell them. And um, I remember my dad telling me a story about how him and Uncle Reggie snuck into this party that they wasn't supposed to, or I think they didn't. They didn't buy a ticket to it, and um. Uncle Reggie say uh, <laughs> my dad say uncle Reggie say come on two we walking in here. And somebody asked him what he doing here. And uncle Reggie said I belong here. And uh where he is now he belongs there. And um I carry that with me everywhere I go. Wherever I am, wherever I'm doing uh I belong here. And um it's not it's not so much about you know um I don't know. Um I'm obviously getting uh, being affected by this conversation. But uh, to Uncle Reggie, take this shot. I love you. I miss you. And um, I'm going to see you on the other side. Rest in peace to everybody who's lost somebody. I know my man Lamont just lost his cousin. Keep your head up, my G. I've been there. We're going to be there again. Um, because, you know, nobody on this earth is permanent. But um yeah, happy birthday, Uncle Reggie. Love you. See you soon. This has been episode 31 of the Roho Show. I've been your host, Roho. Check me out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes Radio. Um any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up at the Rojo Show at gmail.com. Um, that's it. I'm gonna talk to y'all next week. Love one.